0: Who are we? P-H-A-R.
1: What's the word? Spilling that T all on the curve? I'm not trying to be nosy, but I gotta know everything you heard. We gotta know what's going on. He did what? Now nah, that was wrong. What's the latest trends in fashion?
0: Tell me what's your favorite song. Who you reading? you reading? What you reading? What you watching? What's the season? Are there twists for the finale? Cause going gonna need a better reason. Who's improving
1: the community? Focus back to unity. Gotta do something more than plan. Listen
2: up and take a stand. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Don't be mad. Man. I'm just in my bag.
1: Good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this. This is your host, John Tornes, and this is In My Bag Podcast. This is season three, episode two, and I'm so excited because I have a real special guest with me, slash friend, really good friend, oh. Aaron Westbrook. <laughs> Say
2: hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing fine. The spring is finally sprung. So. But the oh, weather is
1: terrible. I mean, April
2: showers bring may flowers. That's what they mm-hmm. say, right.
1: I guess. <laughs> I saw you bump into my intro song. You like it? I do. I do. I love this season two energy. I know. It just, you know, sets the mood right. You know what I mean? It gives a little ratchet like me, but a little classy like
2: me. This is right on point. Yeah, Exactly. True. I'm ratchet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely want to say thank you again for, you know, accepting my request to be on. Of course. Um, I see you doing big moves. I'm trying to big be like things. you, you know. Mm- so I said I have to get Aaron on. I always say, like, when I have a guest on, it has to be, like, the right, right time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because I could have definitely had you on, like, in sure. other seasons. But I just felt like right now is, like, the right time, especially yeah. you launching your brand yes. and everything. So we'll definitely get into that. Okay. Um, but I can definitely just shout out your brand right now. Um, because you just launched it,
2: really. I did, I did. Ebony Voyage. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it was a whole bunch of work, but. It was. It was a, you want to talk about it now? We can talk about it now.
1: No. We okay.
2: don't <laughs> so I'll save that narrative for a little moment later. But yeah, it was, but, it was a, little, a little hassle getting it yeah, off the ground.
1: But. Yeah, so Ebony Voyage. So shout out to Ebony Voyage and your brand. But um, definitely want to start out learning a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. Letting my audience learn a little bit more about you. Wow. Um, and noticed. especially like, you know, your coming out story. Because I feel like, I mean, I know you. And mm-hmm. I've known you probably for about... I think it has
2: been like seven years. Something like that. It's I've been, been in the city about time. eight and a half-ish years. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my God.
1: I know. <laughs> we getting old. Time flies. <laughs> <laughs> but I still feel like I don't know everything about you. You know what I mean? You do shut off a little bit. Like, you don't say everything. I like to keep
2: my cards (laughs)
1: closed sometimes, you know? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But just tell me a little bit more about you, especially, like, your coming out story and how that
2: was. How much time do we have?
1: Uh, I mean, we got some time.
2: (laughs) So, it's a bit complex of a story about Mm -hmm. coming out, but I'll tell you the first time when, you know, I was... Openly, like myself, okay, um, around a group of friends, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't by choice, to be honest with you. So, way back in the day, young Aaron, Mm -hmm. um, in high school, I was part of this like rap group, if you will. Okay, Um, oh, I didn't know you had bars, you know, I spit a little (laughs) (laughs) something, but um, we thought we were gonna be like the next big thing, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, we were called the Teamsters, okay, um, no relation to the Teamsters, which is like a a workers' organization. Okay. Um. But we used to record at my house, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had the production thing set up similar what, to what you have here, and mm-hmm. then we had like literally a person would go in the closet okay. to record. No pun intended. Heck, you took the words <laughs> right out my mouth. <laughs> um. But there was a, a time where I had to actually be the one that was getting recorded and not producing. So, okay. Um. I went into the closet. I you know put my verse down, but unbeknownst to me, I left my social media up and this is like the infant days where people had my spaces okay. and things like that mm-hmm. so um i left that on my my computer okay you know? and boys being boys and teenagers being teenagers oh, they were Lord. being nosy <laughs> um so i come out of the booth right and you know mm-hmm. i'm thinking i did a wonderful job right, right right and they have a look on their face and it's like do we tell him or do we not mm-hmm. and i'm looking at the screen and i see that they went through my messages and if you know anything about hip hop, especially like in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. late, 90, mm-hmm. late 90s, like mm-hmm. you make fun of people for being gay. Yeah. Or even to this day, it's just like a very taboo topic mm-hmm. to talk about, right? You know, gay culture and hip hop, mm-hmm. which is why I'm really proud that there's so many, you know, openly gay hip hop exactly. artists, right? That exactly. are making an impact now. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that they, told, they said to me, which was so profound, and I didn't know even how to react, mm-hmm. was that they were like, um, Aaron, you're our brother, and we're going to love you regardless. They didn't address it um, directly. They kind of okay. indirectly like accepted yeah, me yeah, for yeah, being yeah. who I was. Mm-hmm. It was just simple messages and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that moment, I knew like I can be myself. OK, but it didn't happen like overnight. Like, right. It took 10 years for me to actually tell. And how my old parents. were you? I was about 13, 14 years old. Oh, yeah. wow. And yeah.
1: So <laughs> when did you feel like you had like an inkling that you kind of was different and you did like, you know, the same thing?
2: There were always inklings. I mean, if you look at baby pictures and even how I interacted, my mother Mm -hmm. would tell you how I interacted when I was younger was a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, But even throughout middle school and high school, I always knew something was up. Mm -hmm. I didn't put my finger on it. I mean, I grew up in the church, right? Mm So... Sunday morning, I was there. (laughs) Sunday evening, I was Mm -hmm. in the choir. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, I was there. Mm -hmm. Summer, I was there. Mm -hmm. So I never had like the exposure to gay culture like I probably would have if I knew what it was and growing up in today's world. but I, I kind of knew in my early teens that mm-hmm. something was happening.
1: And then yeah. you said it took 10 years to tell your parents. It did. So how was that? <laughs> and how was that whole process?
2: I mean, it was liberating, to be honest with you. Uh it, it was a process i mean i I still think even if you come out later in life with Mm -hmm. anybody if you come out at 18 and even beyond that Mm -hmm. um it's going to be a process because your parents hold on to you know what's true to them and what 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 they're familiar with so when you spring um something brand new and a new experience and a new lifestyle onto them Mm -hmm. of course it's going to be a gradual like learning process as to you know who you really are and Mm -hmm. you know the relationships that you're going to have. So mm-hmm. we're still going through that little learning phase. Mm-hmm. And, um, But I think my mother and my father have been very accepting, you know, okay. all things considered, for sure. So what did you say to them? Like, how how, how did that go? I mean, when I moved to the city here, you know, I started hanging out with a certain group and I started, you know, posting pictures. Mm-hmm. And so speculation ensued in oh, the family. So, so you didn't tell them before you moved to no. New York? No. But my mother, as soon as I told my mother, she was like, um, is that why you moved to New York City? Is that why you um, kind of just mm-hmm. ran away from Chicago? And mm-hmm. um, in, in part somewhat because i wanted to be myself and my, fully and authentically okay. um but it wasn't 100% why i mean it was job opportunities <laughs> i needed to chase yeah. the money you know <laughs> I
1: mean?
2: um but yeah it, it, it was uh it was a process it was a struggle mm-hmm. yeah. um and did your dad say anything about that he did he wasn't the easiest to talk to Mm -hmm. at first um i think he was the hardest conversation to have okay um for any father and son's relationship there are a lot of people that have like very interesting father-son relationships some people don't even have relationships with their father hello man well there we go (laughs) um but i was fortunate enough to grow up with my father Mm -hmm. and you know, we have a sports relationship. We have a very cordial relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I told him the news, of course, I I think it was probably the most jarring news uh, for him Mm -hmm. because he had, I think he had hopes and expectations. And, you know, you want to keep that lineage going in the family. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if I'm fortunate enough to have a a son or a daughter or a child, Mm -hmm. um, then hopefully I can keep Mm -hmm. that lineage going. But um, I think that was probably one of the biggest um, I guess disappointments, oh. having to tell him and and seeing his reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Are you the only? Um, are you the only son? I am the only son. So my grandmother had three boys, one passed, the rest of his his soul. Mm -hmm. Um, And my other uncle, he didn't have any um, children. So I'm the only one left. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, yeah, I could definitely see how,
1: like, a father would kind of, like, feel some sort of way about that. You know what I mean? Um, and you both were very close. Like you and him had a close relationship and
2: yeah, I mean, in my senior year, senior, junior year of high school, like we never really went to basketball games, like to the Chicago Bulls. Uh And he went in on this plan with a couple coworkers and we got season tickets to the Mm -hmm. basketball game. So Mm -hmm. after school, I would drive into the city Mm -hmm. and uh, pick him up and then we'd go to the basketball game. So we had a very close relationship before Mm -hmm. I went away to college and,
1: um,
2: that's when I, you know. Started figuring out who I
1: was. <laughs> um, well, let's get into college though, because yeah. um, you are in a fraternity. I am. Shout out to the nudes. <laughs> bless, sir. So, how did you have any like struggles with that? Um, but I mean, you weren't open at the time. I not. But well,
2: <clears throat> well,
1: with the. <laughs> um. <laughs>
2: so I mean, you grow up. And if you're closeted, you live this double life. Okay. You you know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I was doing. It's a struggle, let me tell you. Really? I mean,
1: because I don't know. So, I've been open, like, since I was 17. That's amazing. And all through college and grad school and all that. So... I mean, hearing your experience, yeah. I really want to know more, you yeah. know what I mean? Because people do say they do live double lives, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Especially like in college. So how would you mean a double life? Like, how was that?
2: Yeah. So you have a certain friend group that knows about you and then you have other friends and even my fraternity friends at that time. I mean, they know now, mm-hmm. but at that time they didn't even suspect anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're straight acting i wouldn't think that you're gay right right um so yeah that's the double life like you hang out with this crew in the city you Mm -hmm. know you go to these gay bars Mm -hmm. but then during the week you're just hanging out and you're in church on sunday and you're (laughs) (laughs) at work on monday you know yeah um i don't wish that on anybody to be honest with Mm -hmm. you that is a struggle and it is a headache to keep up with yeah it is
1: i mean it's also it was a little bit of a struggle in college not so much but um, Like, of course, I was definitely open, but I think me, like, playing sports, because, mm-hmm. like, basketball has always been a passion mm-hmm. of mine. So even like when i'm in the gym or something playing basketball you do see like side eyes or whatever like yeah. that i mean even when i like cross your ass up and shit it's still <laughs> like side eyes you know what i mean and i remember one time i have a really um i had like a really good friend in college and he was a sh- and he was straight mm-hmm. and um i remember we were on our intramural team and i think and i was uh i think i was a junior and I just played, like, pickup and stuff throughout, you know, the first couple of years. But this was my first time in, like, an intramural league in college. Uh So that's literally me playing in front of, like, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so... It could be intimidating. It could be intimidating. But also, I don't think a lot of people knew that I played basketball. Uh Like, they knew who I was in college, of course, walking around and talking and stuff like that. But I don't think they knew how, like... Real passionate I was about basketball, and that I actually was a basketball player, right? I mean, you are, uh, you so, do
2: <laughs> like hit it with the hezi.
1: Okay, so <laughs> when I got on the court, like for the first time, like I heard someone say, like, "Oh, who picked up that faggot on a, on Same. your team?" and I just was like. I just, literally, I just, it went in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. And then when I told my friend who played on the same team, he was, like, furious. Like, he just was like, why didn't you say anything? Like, we would have checked him and all that. And I just was like, I didn't want no drama or Mm -hmm. nothing like that. So, you still, even though when you are out, you still get bullied a little yeah. bit and you still have that so and i feel like maybe sometimes that's re- the reason why people don't want to come out because they don't you know what i mean they just or they're scared to come out because they don't want that stuff to like happen to them but i think I mean?
2: when you're closeted i love that story by the way but i think when you're closeted or, or when you don't want to accept being gay and you're called those things mm-hmm. your defense wall goes up you know and, right. it, and it hits a little different yeah and that's what happened i mean that happened to me too in, in middle mm-hmm. school when you know i was called those names mm-hmm. you know i shut down i I didn't know what to do and i felt defensive in that moment but now it's just like okay do whatever you want to do call (laughs) me whatever you want but Mm -hmm. i'm living my life and i'm I'm happy so
1: well i think that with you and your dad i think i see a really good like relationship growing because you know he did come to the basketball tournament in chicago he did and he was coaching oh my god he sure (laughs) was I was like, man, but that was really good to see. You know what I mean? Um, I think that, especially in the black community, we don't really see that. um, With, like, openly black gay Mm -hmm. men and their fathers Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Have you... Did you, um, like, uh, introduce...
2: Like any of your boyfriends to your parents?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How was that?
2: It was good. We actually went back for Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, yeah, this past Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. they met my future <laughs> boyfriend Derek. Um, but they they met Derek, and they they fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. My father even texted. After the fact, and was like, "Tell Derek I said hello. Oh. Um, really enjoyed you all's visit. Uh-huh. So that was different. Okay, he never really texted me like that on mm-hmm. the low. Um, so for him to go out of his way and say that really meant mm-hmm. the world. So
1: well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now let's talk about let's talk about your brand. Ooh. You know what I mean? Okay let's now. talk about uh how it came together mm-hmm. tell everyone
2: what what's it about yeah yeah, yeah. ebony voyage as john mentioned <laughs> ebony go and check it out we have over a hundred plus uh black owned businesses it's basically a destination for anyone black brown white mm-hmm. in between mm-hmm. to go and find a black owned business, whether it's fashion, um, home decor, mm-hmm. beauty, uh, we profile it all. And okay. um, I want to kind of expand it even further cause I don't want to be limited to just those three. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love working <laughs> this brand and I never thought that I'd be doing this Ebony mm-hmm. Voice. I always thought it would be like, you know, a fashion brand mm-hmm. or a sneaker something. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this to come about, Um, it, it is definitely a need that Mm -hmm. I met a need for me and I'm hoping that this service can be a service to Mm -hmm. everyone else. Mm -hmm. Is that
1: the reason why you just decided to do it? Like what sparked
2: it? Yeah. So, okay. So quick story. (laughs) We were preparing for a little like holiday vacation last year. Okay. Um, And I did not know what to pack. Like what I wear even here Mm and in the streets is totally different from what you probably should be packing for a vacation. (laughs) So when I was like in search of things and travel things to pack, Mm -hmm. I couldn't find anything. And so I was like, I wonder if if there are any black owned brands that I could maybe flaunt on vacation. Mm -hmm. Any black owned like. Cosmetics or travel size cosmetics and right. beauty lines that I can, you know, put on put on while I'm on yeah. vacation because yeah. I don't want to carry my whole bathroom with me. Um, and I was fortunate to find those, but it was a struggle to <laughs> yeah. find those. It is. You have to it really is. scour the internet, mm-hmm. go through all these listicles and Black History Month, mm-hmm. the top 10 options. Um, so there was no website that aggregated and put all of that in one place. So right. I... Said I created. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. So when we came back, you know, I put you know everything all in on this and mm-hmm. um, got the website, found, the, figured out the name first. That was okay. Big. Um, got the website, everything, and reached out to brands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and and i was able to launch it within a month and we've been able oh, to wow. yeah get the social going got a nice little cadence there mm-hmm. picked up some press with Yahoo. yeah so, uh, i'm really excited about the future of, of mm-hmm. Voice.
1: and so how are saying. the brands that you've actually been putting on there are mm-hmm. they like excited about it did they like
2: You know the idea? I was so nervous at first because I didn't think that they would respond or they'd ignore it because it's just some small guy from the city that's (laughs) trying to reach out about a little company Mm -hmm. that he's starting up. But everybody has been so responsive. Every post that I put up and Mm -hmm. tag, they're, like, liking it. Some are Mm -hmm. even sharing it. So the response has been so great. That's
1: good. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that – but also some of those brands are very small brands too. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like – Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to help, like, another small brand and someone, you know, making moves, too. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, that's really good. Yeah. Um... And when you say you want to expand on it, what does that mean? Like, where do you want to go?
2: Well, first, I want to increase the number of, you know, brands that are featured. Okay. But I'd love to make it more regional on in terms of apps. So okay. when you walk outside, you can be like, okay, I'm in New York where are my black owned businesses, like storefronts, okay. even, even mm-hmm. restaurants, what neighborhoods do I even mm-hmm. go to when you're in Dallas, when you're in um, Delaware, when you're in mm-hmm. Chicago, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So make it more regionalized. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for that to happen and work with. Um, big corporations, hi, hi uh, American Express, <laughs> hi City, I'll hi all up. those. Get Listen. some resources and funding for black-owned businesses. Well, mm-hmm. so. you,
1: you know, I do have some corporate connections. Well, I, I have some corporate connections PNG. at PNG. I okay. have a couple. couple of, so I definitely will connect you because I think it's something. But you know, a lot of these corporations definitely are looking to expand mm-hmm. and well looking to partner with other small black-owned businesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and. I don't know if a lot of people know all about corporate, but they have like something called like diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. um, like supply chains, mm-hmm. right? So well they have a supply chain, period, but they also have like DNI specific supply chains where they want to partner with small companies to provide their service yeah. to their clients or their employees so you know i work at bloomberg but you know they have (laughs) but they have like you know small companies that they partner with you know what i mean so yeah. Uh, listen, it's an opportunity out there. For so sure. how can someone, if they are, if they do have their black, own, if they are black and mm-hmm. have their black owned business, um, how can they like be on your website?
2: Shoot an email. Um, on the website, there's actually a contact form where you can either reach out for mm-hmm. being featured or if mm-hmm. you want to do some sponsorships and mm-hmm. um, if whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. There's a contact form on there. But there's also... I'm trying to be like you in my bag, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, when I created this, I also wanted to start doing my own, like, media okay. enterprise. Like, bag media. <laughs> and um, so they can reach out at creative at okay. So Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like that is definitely, like, opportunity, especially expansion. Yeah. Like, I feel like you could definitely do, like, a... Um, trade show and like yeah. host a, you know a trade show event where you have all your vendors come and yes. you know people come and shop black and that could
2: be... Oh, boom, boom, How boom. much... Ebony black. <laughs> how much for this idea, John? I know it, it's not for I'll
1: help out. I definitely will help out. You know, I'm an event planner. You know, we could call it like a trunk show. Yeah. hmm mm-hmm. The Black Trunk. Good or black. something like that. We gonna work on this <laughs> name. We gonna work on it or whatever. Um, so, that's like that. good. That's good. Um, So, tell me a little bit about some of the brands that are on and some of your favorite black-owned brands.
2: I'll give you a couple of them. So, <laughs> (laughs) One of my favorite clothing lines that is, like, emerging as a streetwear brand that Mm -hmm. you don't want to mess with them, (laughs) Daily Paper. I love Daily Paper. They actually have a store um, downtown that, you know, you can visit and whatnot. But it's a U.K.-based brand. Okay. Streetwear, I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a bad company called Ashaya. They're Brooklyn-based, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, females, they actually did a collaboration and partnership with, I want to say, Michael Kors recently. Oh. Um, so, they're emerging. Real. They're they're dope. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Their bags mm-hmm. are, like, they're hitting. I okay. love it.
1: And what's it called again?
2: Ashaya. Ashaya. Mm-hmm. They're on the website, too.
1: Okay. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> um, and then, if you know, the summer months and the sun is coming up, you mm-hmm. know, um, there's a cosmetic brand called Unsun Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically protect that melanated skin, you know, okay. the right way. Mm-hmm. You don't need no dark spots, no sun spots. <laughs> mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, those mm-hmm. are three that I want to say you should, you know, definitely check out and look for.
1: Okay. Um, I know you're definitely in into fashion. I you know, am. you're like a fashion. I feel like you're a fashion icon. Oh, you, know, I'm, you I'm, be walking I'll take around. The icon. around <laughs> <laughs> you be <But>, generous. Though. <laughs> but I also, you know, I'm in into fashion as well. Yes, you are. And so. Um, and I know that you like luxury as well. You I'm like your luxury nice, brand. You know? But how would you define your style? Mm. Or define your style in two words. Ooh. I know that's hard. I'll tell you mine first. So I feel like mine is Preppy Street.
0: Ooh, that's good. Yeah, so
1: I feel like that, you know i do rock you know some blazers Mm -hmm. or some like overcoats but you know to keep it like the preppy type of Uh thing but then i'll wear like a nice like i don't know chunky boot Uh or with a jean you know what i mean i like this with the accessories and stuff like
2: that i'll say contemporary streetwear oh i like that you know we're in the same
1: vibe Yeah. yeah that's cute okay So tell me a little bit about contemporary
0: (laughs) streetwear.
2: It could be a mix. Like you're wearing the straight jeans, like I'm doing today, you could wear um, an oversized shirt, mm-hmm. which I love an oversized
1: shirt. I know. Style. You love, let me tell you, Aaron style is an
2: oversized shirt with skinny jeans
1: <laughs> and like sneakers. Sneaker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, okay, so, about the skinny jeans, I, my mother will drag me for wearing skinny jeans, and I keep trying to, like, move away from them, so I'm trying right now.
1: Why? That's your style?
2: Because, you know, I've been hitting the gym, you know, and <laughs> legs, they become trunks now okay. so i can't fit in the skinny jeans like i used oh my to God. um so i'm trying to like open up my palette for streetwear uh-huh. and get into something more you know flowy right and, you right know, right right you know um so it is i'm still keeping with the big tops mm-hmm. um but i'm trying to like the straight leg jeans okay. a, big, a little 90s edition okay yeah so
1: going into but spring the... summer with does your style like change each season i feel like mine changes each season, like last summer, I feel like I was, I was a little heavier because you know that COVID weight. But um I feel like my style last year was more like button ups mm-hmm. with like an oversized button up mm-hmm. with a cute like coochie cutter short, yeah. you know what I mean, <laughs> and a nice sneaker or something like that with a nice hat. Yeah, I feel like that was my style um last summer. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this summer I kind of want to go like. I don't know, like, California mm-hmm. type of vibe. Oh, you know okay, what I mean? Cali- like, with pastel colors. Okay, pastel. You know what I mean? There we go. <laughs> a nice jean jacket with I a short. That. You know? Okay, shorts. I can't wait to get shorts, <laughs> by the way. So, do you think that your style, like, changes <clears> each <throat> season or?
2: Um... I'll say I'll pick up seasonal pieces, okay. Um, but I think my style stays pretty consistent, and the only thing that might change is I'll add a layer. You know, mm-hmm. I might add like an overshirt. I love an overshirt. I So know. I might add an overshirt or uh, a colored jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, but the base always remains consistent. Even in the summer, I'll be wearing jeans. Yeah. So yeah, and I'll wear I wear shorts here and there, but.
1: Yeah, and yeah. then with some, st- I know with stores too, because you know I'm a taller, thicker man, mm-hmm. really juicy, So <laughs> it really doesn't like a lot of stores don't like pertain, like don't carry my sh- my shit. But <laughs> <laughs> Watch your like I love this. Listen, <laughs> I can go this motherfucker. But um. I usually shop at ASOS a lot. Uh And I was just telling my friend the other day, I was like, I want to find, like, another store because I feel like sometimes when you shop at one particular store, a lot of people be like, oh, he got that from ASOS. You know what I mean? I don't like that. So I did get onto some game about Primark. You know? I've heard heard of Primark. Primark. When I tell you I went to Primark a couple weeks ago.
2: They have a store in uh, Jersey, right? Yes. At the um, new mall. Mm hmm And so
1: I went there, and I was like, "Why did she take me in the store?" When I tell you, my bill came over a hundred dollars worth of stuff.
2: Because I was like, "That's that's you got to be searching for some stuff to do that." Yeah, because they have a lot of stuff (laughs) Uh in there. And so, but
1: me being me, when I. See my size In a fucking store I'm like I'm give getting it that. You know what that. I mean mm-hmm. Like getting it now And so <laughs> Like I like Tried this shit on And I was like This looks bomb I can't wait uh-huh. So now I got my little New store Alright now Come on Primark. So if you see me walking It might be Primark This segment has been Sponsored by Primark <laughs> <laughs> Oh they should be a sponsor. There we go <laughs> But um, So we'll get into A commercial break Alright And then We're gonna go into This tea teabag segment Because it's a lot of the tea that we have to spill. All right, so we'll be right back.
0: In my bag podcast is sponsored by the Counter Narrative Project, an organization that stands in the tradition of Bayard Rustin, James Baldwin, Essex Hemphill, and other movement leaders, artists, organizers, and visionaries. Their mission is to shift narratives about Black gay men to change policy and improve lives. They are committed to countering narratives and speaking truth to power by creating and developing custom content through media events, and partnerships. To learn more about The Counter Narrative Project, visit their website at www.thecounternarrative.org.
1: All right, we're back. Shout out to Counter Narrative Project. Mm. That is, Have you heard of them before? I have not. So they're an organization in um, Atlanta. And they do a lot of, like, programming around, like, the black gay culture, about literature, um, writers, like, That's everything. Um, and they do want to, like, you know, they say that they want to um, just... Focus the narrative around like, you know, the black gay culture mm-hmm. about, you know, like I said writers and all that And mm-hmm. so they have like a lot of events that they do um, Virtually and also in Atlanta mm-hmm. um, They also have a magazine online magazine called the reckoning That's amazing. Um, That talks about basically, you know, the life of the black gay community. They feature a lot of um, people on their website, but they also, their editor-in-chief is Darian Aaron. Okay. And he's like, when I tell you, I've I've been a fan of Darian Aaron for like, probably since high school. Like, he, he just writes his ass off. Wow. And he's all about the black gay culture. Wow. Like, all about it. And you know what I mean? He just like, he has his degrees in communications. And he just, he always just. He's just a fan of mine, so I'm trying. I really want to have him on when he comes into New York. Hey, speak it into existence. <laughs> I have to. I have a lot to say to him, but shout out to Counter Narrative Project, <laughs> putting in the
2: work. Counter right. Narrative Project.
1: So we're going to get into this teabag bag segment. Um, and the first item, I guess, on the agenda is RuPaul. Um, it was announced Mother. that Mother Ru, <laughs> and <laughs> the article said that another RuPaul show is coming, but. He's definitely going to be host of the game show Lingo. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of Lingo before? I, I, I'm an old lady. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> if it's on the game show network, okay. it is, it's I'm, not just letters. It's, it's Lingo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm dead. laughs> I have heard of oh it. Oh my God. When I tell you, I used to love it when it came on, uh-huh. like that was one of my favorite shows. And I think that is very good that he's going to be, you know, the new host of it. Um, And no, he's a black gay man and on a national show. Um, a game show at that. So shout out to him. Now he won't be in drag doing this. No, right? he's now not going to be in drag. No, okay. He's not going to be in drag. Right. RuPaul Charles. Okay. Oh, the form. We <laughs> got the... RuPaul Charles yeah. and Lingo was out way early, like before we were even born. Yeah. So for it, and I think this is his second time coming back. Okay. So yeah, shout out to him. Another gig, more money for him yeah. in his pocket. They did say in our. Know, article that he's going to that they're starting rupaul um down under
2: yeah i saw that too so it's going to be in australia i mean we have so many iterations of drag race it's like i can't even keep up oh anymore. my god but
1: it's okay because we're gonna have several of ebony voyage okay i mean we're gonna have an ebony voyage
2: international all right I'm, hey <laughs> come on prosperity
1: okay there so, we go listen so shout out to him i definitely wanted to um highlight that Uh, And then another one is Tevin Campbell
2: (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't laugh because it's not Something that you want to laugh about because I feel Like he I'll let you intro it But I have an opinion about this
1: well I mean basically they said that he came Out as gay you know he's Mm -hmm. Been uh, commenting Under people's um, uh, Stats And stuff like Mm -hmm. that on Instagram And putting rainbow signs on Mm -hmm. his Profile Mm -hmm. Um And of course Like in the 90s It definitely was hard To yeah. come out So I feel like Maybe he's just But I don't know If he like Officially Officially
2: was like I'm gay Yeah I don't think that either but it had to be hard. I mean, he was a child star, so mm-hmm. I mean, he had to keep up with this certain image for so right. long. Especially to being keep the a lights singer, on. yeah. Especially being a singer, exactly. And he was a lady. I mean, the ladies loved Tevin Campbell. Who <laughs> didn't Remember when he was on uh, Fresh Prince? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh God. But
1: um, I mean, shout out to Tevin. You yeah. know what I mean. A lot more people are definitely coming out now.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and would you say it's easier now? Uh, easier for who i think that's the question that you have to ask i think it's easier for young young people to be accepted and come out now Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. than it is for an older person um i think there's so many different variables with being older and coming out i mean you've had a whole life right Mm -hmm. and you have family Mm -hmm. and you have friends and, and you might i mean i don't know right so there's so many different variables Um, With being older and coming out But I think it's definitely more accepting Of a culture for a younger person And and that's great
1: I I think a lot more older people are definitely coming out now You know what I mean Especially like the ones that are in like their 50s And Mm -hmm. even like 60s Because I guess back then It just was it was hard for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Especially people of color. Yeah. Like, it definitely was hard. So, now you have, you know, you do have a lot of people that are in, that have been married for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And now they're like, no, I want to live my life the way i always wanted to live it. And more power to them for doing that. But do honestly. you think that it was wrong for them to get married and have kids and go through that whole life who am i to say
2: who am i to judge (laughs) i can't be the one i'm not the one that you know can tell you what you can and cannot do um i think it's powerful for them to be living in their truth now Mm -hmm. and to tell their family rather than you know live their whole life right? right and die as somebody that nobody ever really even knew right right so I don't know. I don't like it. You don't like which part? I don't know. I don't like all of
1: them. Oh goodness!
0: <laughs> Come on, John.
1: Nope, I don't. Uh huh. Why? I don't know. Because I f- sometimes I feel like you playing with the person's emotions, mm. and you know what I mean. Not saying that they just thinking about themselves, but also you have to think about the other person that's in the situation. That you do. That you do. And well, then I can agree with that. Next thing you know, like. You know, the wife or something's getting mad. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you do have people that are understanding, like, you know, the women that are understanding. Mm-hmm. And they would say, like, oh, you know, I did see signs of it yeah. and all that stuff. But I stayed with you because I loved you and all yeah. that stuff. But I don't
2: it's know. Sticky. It's <laughs> sticky. It's very sticky. Yeah. But-,
1: but um, so the next item is, well, I just wanted to shout out Chasing Atlanta and the whole Chasing Reality um franchise just because uh they just came out with their new season and i think it's on season five and the reason why i like chasing atlanta i don't really like the other ones because i don't think the production is as right but with chasing atlanta like the they do it's just like a reality show that Mm -hmm. you will watch on vh1 or any reality show on a tv network so they build up the hype like they have their new season photo shoots you know Mm -hmm. with the introducing the new cast members and the visuals are amazing Mm -hmm. and just the whole thing is just amazing and i just was like I always follow them and that's the only reality series like a web series that I will watch just because I feel like that it gets you like on edge it gets you wanting to actually watch it you know what I mean and um, so yeah shout out to them oliver twix is on there i don't know who if you know but he works for um t.s madison and he was on the we network wow um so
2: i've never watched chasing atlanta
1: it's good it's good i'm gonna
2: have to give it a watch you have a favorite like personality on there
1: um, I definitely would say Oliver is, him. um, my favorite. And I did okay. a, um, an Instagram live with him in the midst of the pandemic. pandemic. Like when we were shut down, mm-hmm. um, and he didn't have to do that. And he has a big following, but I think he's my favorite just because like, you see him moving. Like, you, you know, some of the people you mm-hmm. like, what did they do for a living? Like, why are they on here?
0: <laughs> There's some you know, housewives like that. Exactly. Like, oh, okay. So How'd you're
1: like, get- um, But he shows like everything that he's doing, you know, he's creative, he's a visual person, he's an artist, he Mm -hmm. raps, he sings, but he also does like graphics for a lot of the celebrities in Atlanta. So you actually see him like working, working, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And for him to be on WeTV, he could have been like, nah, I'm not going to do this web series anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm on the bigger and better things, but he definitely stayed for a new season. And I think he's just, you know, really doing it for the culture, you know what I mean? Respect. So, shout out to Oliver and Respect the whole Chasing Atlanta. So, now we're going to get into this In My Bag segment. I'm
0: in my bag. I am
2: so in my bag. So much you have me in my bag. I'm not staying. I'm very much in my bag.
1: So, now we're in our bag. <laughs> you see all them <laughs> people were in their bag. Um, I last previous episodes but so in my bag if you haven't listened to um my episode before in my bag is definitely just a saying or a feeling that you're having like Ugh, I'm in my bag today because this nigga getting on my nerves or this motherfucker getting on my nerves. Mm. You know, something. Um, and it doesn't have to be bad. It could be good. You know what I mean? But let me tell you what I'm in my bag okay, about. Okay. So I'm definitely in my bag about these trashy ass interviewers. Ooh. And I'm going to definitely shout out, and I don't care, but I'm going to shout <laughs> out DJ Envy on The Breakfast Club. Because oh, when I God. tell you he's the worst fucking interviewer ever. Wow. First off, he's a Virgo, and I don't really fuck with Virgos like that. And that uh. makes it even worse. <laughs> You're not a Virgo, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> <of> you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, when I tell you, I've been in my bag about this for a whole week. What Just, Just because, <laughs> so... I watch bel-air i'm a uh-huh. fan of bel-air have you watched bel-air i've watched like Pico? three or
2: four episodes
1: it's a really good show it's better than it? i thought a lot of people but said coco that.
2: i love some coco <laughs> She's,
1: she's dope. yes yeah. a lot of people um said the same exact thing but i really truly like bel-air so he had on the guy who plays will the mm-hmm. actor um his name is jabari banks mm-hmm. and so he was on there. Okay, so you... I'm an actor. I'm coming on your platform promoting okay. a show that I actually am a lead on, yeah. right? Why wouldn't you look at this show before you interviewed me? Okay. You know what I mean? It was only him and it was Charlemagne. Angela Yee does her homework. Like you can tell, she does. like she really, if someone's on there about, you know, who's promoting a show or an album mm-hmm. or something, she'll listen to it. Mm-hmm. She will watch it.
2: She'll do whatever. People don't give her enough credit for being a good interviewer.
1: They don't. Mm-hmm. And she's one of my favorite interviewers. Um, my ultimate, like, goal is to go on her lip service podcast. Oh, okay. God. You know, I would go. on that thing? Oh, and I love it. <laughs> I want to talk about all this stuff. Well, they will talk about it <laughs> I want to talk about it all. Sucking fucking everything. Well, let, me, okay. let me know. Hey, Angela, you, if you're listening, <laughs> you have a person, right?
2: Perfect for lip service, yeah?
1: Yeah. So, I was very upset because first off you could tell that neither one of them watched n- the no, no episodes yeah. no episodes at all so you know some of the questions that DJ Emery was given it was just was like so uh, did you have to learn how to rap before you got on the show My thing is, Uh he doesn't even rap on the the show, show, so why would you even ask that question? I don't even think Will
2: really rap. No, he
1: he didn't even rap, he all he did was rap the intro, (laughs) like, come on. And so, and then another one was he was like, um, so for the shows did you bring back like some of the past shows like stuff that happened in the past shows did you recreate the yeah. scenes in the show and i'm like you didn't watch the show you know what i mean and i feel like if you're on a major platform like the breakfast club it really dumbs it down yeah. now because it shows that you won probably don't even you're not taking the time to actually perfect your craft mm-hmm. in interviewing. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing it for years. Yeah. And it also just makes the brand, like, I don't know, dumbed down a little yeah. bit. Because it's like, I don't want to go on there and I know you're not doing your homework. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's embarrassing
2: because I mean, Breakfast Club has been around for a long time. I used to listen to it in the mornings when I was getting ready for work and whatnot. But it seems like they're getting a little lazy over there. They're getting a
1: little lazy Mm because
2: they're getting older. But I feel like when you get older, you should get seasoned. You know what I mean? And Sean Lemay is, I mean. He's getting a little bit more controversial. He's always been controversial, mm-hmm. but I think he doesn't think before he speaks sometimes. Right, right. Um, but he has made a, his own little lane, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's an author. Oh, yeah. he, has, he has his own mm-hmm. TV show, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. And then, yeah. but he also, he does ask good questions, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can't fault him. But he also pre-writes his questions, so You can yeah. tell because he reads it off, off the, the computer. <laughs> like, you can definitely see, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so... I'm just like... It just made me really upset because I'm a fan of the show. Yeah. And I wanted questions asked about certain scenes in the episodes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted him to talk about, like, Hillary. You know how, you know, in the show, Hillary was, like, this prissy type mm-hmm. of rich girl. And, no, you know what no. I mean? But in the show, on this new show, she's the she's total opposite. She's a boss. The total opposite. Yes. So, it's like, I wanted, you know them him, them to ask him yeah. his take on that and uh, you know the difference of the characters from the show to the new show yeah. you know what i mean but didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't usually do this, but I left a long comment under that uh, YouTube video. Ooh, just, I'm go check real... <laughs> <that out. laughs>
2: and I'm gonna like it. <laughs> I just was
1: upset because I just was, I was looking and I just was like, what are they asking? Like, this is trash. <laughs> I didn't even watch the rest of the interview because I just was like, this is dumb. Like, yeah. you didn't do your homework and I know you're not gonna answer questions that I would ask. So it's a wrap. It's yeah. a dub. Ooh. So yeah, those trashy ass interviews. And I mean, it's not even just him. It's other, like, podcasters that I see mm-hmm. on um, online that really do have a big following. Mm-hmm. But, some you know, and they have, like, co-hosts. Mm-hmm. But their co-hosts are awful. Mm-hmm. And it's like... <sighs> I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm just going to keep doing my thing, do what I do, and keep it moving. Yeah, and gotta, let them do what you they can do. You're going to be in their seat soon. Okay. Okay. Listen. In the morning uh, show. Oh, that's my goal.
2: I, 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 <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. So, tell me what got you in your bag. In my bag. All right. So, this whole week... has been about these confirmation hearings, right, with Mm -hmm. the Honorable Ketanji Brown Jackson. Mm -hmm. And that is a name, right? A
1: name. Ketanji Brown Jackson. But I also feel like that her
2: name really isn't too hard to pronounce because it's
1: really spelled how, you know, it sounds how it's spelled.
2: Exactly. (laughs) It really is. Um, But what got me in my bag is these questions that these Republicans have been asking Mm -hmm. her. And I'm, I'm not trying to, like, pit... People against political parties and things like mm-hmm. that, but there's a level of respect that a yeah. person of her caliber um, should be indebted to, mm-hmm. or that we are indebted to her for, you know, serving in this mm-hmm. position. Um, mm-hmm. And they are really, really showing their true colors in, you know, talking down to her, asking her these questions, mischaracterizing uh, her, and mm-hmm. um, saying things about her that aren't actually really true. <laughs> Um, and it's really irritating, but Mm -hmm. one thing that, you know, that was a negative side of being in my bag, but the positive side of being in my bag is her sitting there with the power that she holds and just, you know, taking it all in, Mm -hmm. giving them the answers, um, that she wants to give them. Oh Yeah. Not the one, not the answer that they want to hear. No, and holding her own and having her daughter right behind her. Have you seen that picture? Yes, yes. Yes. Powerful moment having her daughter right behind her, just looking her on and being like, "That's my mama." (laughs) And that that alone is why you do what you do. Oh yeah. Anybody, any parent, any any person that wants to be a role model and a leader, that is why you do what you do for those moments. Yeah.
1: And I feel like a lot of a lot of people, just not women, but a lot of people can learn from her just by these hearings because she didn't get out of character one time, not at all. and it's not phasing her no. because at the end of the day, it's kind of like, okay, so you're questioning me on a job <laughs> that I'm that I got like referred to that you can't even do, yeah, and you're not even qualified to exactly. do. So what, actually, why are you even questioning I me? Think. I don't even
2: get that. Okay, and they kept asking her, why did you rule this way? Why did you rule this way? And she kept saying, because Congress basically, like <laughs> yo, people you
0: mm-hmm.
2: told me to do this mm-hmm. uh, and you have a black mother i have a black mother and i could just read it on her face sometimes <laughs>
1: oh yeah and, see and those that's why she pauses a uh-huh. lot too
2: she pauses you see those eyes moving and it's like uh, i don't mm-hmm. know what you're thinking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so i i love her i really hope that she gets in yeah. but she should get in like but, yeah She's overqualified.
2: She's more than qualified. (laughs) That's what everybody keeps saying. Like, she's more than... I don't know what the qualifications really are or what makes a person qualified. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you have to be a judge. Right. But to what level and what degree. Mm -hmm. Um, But everybody is saying that she's totally qualified for this position. Yeah. I have no doubt that she'll she'll make it. Well, there was a
1: chart that was out there that showed, like, her experience being, like, a judge Mm -hmm. and just her career path. Mm -hmm. And all the supreme court judges that are up now she has way more experience wow. and even in the past she has way more experience yeah. so it's like she legit and the one that comes close to having her her experience the level of experience she has is the one that's retiring oh
2: my God. <laughs> yeah i mean we won't shift the supreme court like I think it's six to three or something like that. So we won't shift that, but just the significance of her being in that position and the experience, like you say, that she'll bring. Yeah.
1: And that one lady who got inducted into the Supreme Court, what was I forgot her name? Amy Coney Barrett. Some no experience now. Oh. Yeah. None. And I bet they didn't even ask her all those questions that they're asking (sighs) Patanji. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) we'll leave it that that i know it just made and i feel like i really hope like especially what's going on today that a lot of like you know the people of color Mm -hmm. want to get into politics because they see
2: i mean representation matters and i I keep saying that in a lot of conversations lately but it's so true like even with education you are Mm -hmm. an educator i am an educator Mm -hmm. I got into it because I wanted to see my. I never right. saw myself when I went to my mm-hmm. grad level studies. Like I saw maybe one professor, but that was it. Right. Like right. I want to make sure, like we represent mm-hmm. ourselves and we encourage people mm-hmm. that want to exceed or uh, excel in um, academia mm-hmm. see themselves too. Mm-hmm. So. Well we in our bag (laughs) and i'm gonna say (laughs) it
1: okay well i definitely want to thank you aaron for joining i think we had a really good conversation um and check out shout out um to your brand shout
2: out to ebonyvoyage.com Ebonyvoyage.com. check it out um thank you again john i really appreciate it I, i had so much fun oh Look at God. I'm about to come back. Okay. <laughs> when you have another
1: brand okay. or another brand extension, there we go. You can come back. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Make it a season of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: I definitely want to thank all my listeners again for um, you know, just listening to the podcast. And, you know, shout out to all my guests. And we're out. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to In My Bag Podcast, brought to you by Bag Media Network, a multimedia company that creates custom content through digital, event, and social platforms for Black gay men. Bag Media Network moves the culture forward, providing a safe space for its community of business leaders, influencers, creatives, entertainers, writers, and activists. To learn more about Bag Media Network, go to www.bagmedianetwork.com we